Thank you for downloading, streaming, and listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York who's still not improvising on stage because who knows if the basement of the bar where we used to do our show regularly even exists anymore. I miss that subterranean hellhole where we made haha for our friends. But that's okay. It's important to be safe in the midst of sweet lady Rona. Joining me today, as always, during this time period, is the lady who handles the computer boopiness that I cannot figure out for myself. She is the, the mistress of the levers, buttons, uh, and control-alt-delete herself, Chelsea Bennington. How are you, Chelsea? <laughs> I'm good. I wish I had levers. That would be really fun. Maybe I should invest in that. I don't, they don't even need to do anything. I just want the placebo effect. I like, can, like, yeah. I consider your mouse to be level enough. <laughs> That's for fair. For our purposes. How are you doing today, Chelsea? I am good. I mean, the sun is out. I'm drinking coffee. I, I played some Red Dead Redemption this morning, the second one, and, you know, robbed a bank in the video game. Mm. Um, that was fun. Now, is this the story mode or online with other people's? It's the story mode. So I, I began with playing online because I loved being able to build my own character and just like mess with everyone's lives like the troll I am. And I don't care about honor levels on the online version. But I started playing the story version right after the holidays or in between Christmas and New Year's when I was off work. I was like, all right, I'm going to give story mode a chance. And I haven't touched online since. I've been obsessed with story mode. And I also really care about like my honor. So, I mean, I just said I robbed a bank, but that's part of the story. Mm -hmm. But I make, a, I make a point to increase my honor as much as I can. I, I don't know. I, I love the story more than I thought I would. Mm -hmm. It's important that if you're going to be an outlaw, you have to have a code. So if you see someone abducting a lady woman, you beat the shit out of him, free the lady woman, and maybe, depending on how mouthy he is, maybe you put mm -hmm. one in his face. <laughs> oh, yesterday, you, you would have loved what I did. Yesterday, uh, I was in this, uh, which town was I in? Saint Denis, and there was a man who was carrying and handing out pamphlets about uh, how bad it is to mingle races and why the white race is a superior race. And I told him off and then he started running and I just beat the shit out of him and the town didn't care. And I loved it. Like I didn't have a bounty or anything. They were just like, all right. <laughs> that, that, that is good. And there was a tip that I gave you uh, that wouldn't affect your honor if you'd like to share with our listeners when you told me you, you were gonna start playing story mode. It had to do with the KKK, right? And the dynamite? Yeah. It did, yeah. Because I did do that, and that didn't affect my honor whatsoever. And but what I what, also, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, because you, you can find clan members having a rally. So what was the strategy I gave you? Because I think it's funnier if you say it. Oh God, it was, it was to, it was to blow them up. It was like to throw dynamite and blow them to pieces, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's funnier when you say it. I was like, it. wait, is it more strategic? Because I remember no, just no. blowing them up. <laughs> throw dynamite at the clan. <laughs> yeah, there was one uh, bit that I loved that 
I loved and hated because it was fun to watch, but I didn't get to do anything. But there was um, clan members uh, uh, putting up a cross and it fell on them and killed them. And I was like, this is hilarious. So I just looted them mm-hmm. and then set it on fire and walked away. Not the cross, but the guys. Right. And, yeah, uh, when you throw the dynamite, the uh, the local constabulary might show up and then you're wanted. But if they happen to perish by way of their own ineptitude, you can take the time to loot them and mm-hmm. then just leave. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, times. it's been it's been very fun. I, I always loved, I, I know I've mentioned this several times uh, as we've continued recording, especially at the beginning of quarantine, but you know, I bought a PS4, like I think April or May, because I knew I was going to be inside a lot. And I usually played on one of my best friends PS4 at his place. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to buy my own. And then of course, I'm the one who buys it like a year before the PS5 comes out, but whatever. Um, And I've been so happy. (laughs) I just love playing. My sister calls every time I'm playing and she's like, have you reverted to being a 14 year old boy? And I'm like, okay, gamer stereotypes. I enjoy my games. <laughs> As one should. As one should. As one Especially should. if you get to kill racists. Like, isn't that great? It is. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's a very beautiful thing. I, as we know, are enjoying many, many movies throughout the quarantine. But uh, beautiful lady and I, we've been catching up a little bit on TV. The fact that no, not a lot of stuff is in production. Uh, she will previously used to get overwhelmed by how much tv there was out and about now it's a lot more manageable so Mm -hmm. we started watching the haunting of hill house and i realize i'm late to the party but you know fuck it's netflix it's not going anywhere it's still a party even if you're late show is what gave us today's topic it's some of our favorite horror tv shows over the years and starting with the haunting of Hill House, which I've not finished yet, uh, I'll get. Uh, we'll, uh, I'm, I think I'm at the penultimate episode, or I've just got the final episode to go. But I'm loving it. Mike Flanagan is great in directing this wonderful cast. Uh, I like all these secret ghosts that are hidden to keep an out for an eye out for. Rather, it makes kind of a game of it to me Mm -hmm. uh it certainly is motivation to not be distracted by your phone or other things i like that uh beautiful lady is actually uh, physically and animatedly reacting to the jump scares they're so scary i like that uh, this is something that bothered her in early episodes but i like that a lot of the principal actresses look alike because it's about a family and there should be that like hereditary link unlike the movie hereditary which the performances were great but the son in that movie did not look like either tony collette nor gabriel byrne so there was that slight disconnect that makes me want to not watch the film again not for any of the other regular reasons most people don't watch hereditary repeatedly And, and uh, looking back throughout his career of things like Dr. Sleep and uh, 
Oculus, which is probably the only good WWE film ever. I'm like, this this guy is really carving his path as, as a great horror writer and director. And Hush was fucking brilliant. And I'm like, I like this. So let, let's let's talk with Chelsea and find out her opinions on the horror shows that she loved over the years. What did you think of, of The Haunting of Hill House? I adored The Haunting of Hill House. I, I rewatched it soon after I finished it just because after reading, you know, after just going, you know, down a wormhole online and seeing things that I may have missed and the performances were so good and the story was so good that it was one I didn't mind like rewatching quickly after, uh, after just watching it. I it love- like built for that. It, it really that is. catch new shit each time. Exactly. Like I could see myself watching it again, like maybe next year. Um, but well, I mean, maybe this year or at the beginning of this year. But anyway, I think the performances were great. I thought the casting of the children and adults uh, were fantastic. Those children really did uh, reflect the adult actors as well. So that was that was really interesting. Yeah, and I usually um, don't like yeah. kids in anything in anything <laughs> but, but, but these kids were quite good and and uh it, it i like that you know when, when they flash back and do the non-linear storytelling like you know uh we know people that'll ask a lot of questions when they watch something and it's just like mm-hmm. no sit back they're gonna get to it i don't think even though i haven't finished this series i don't think there's gonna be questions left unanswered yeah, I think you're going to feel it. good. I think you're going to feel good at the end. I, the two episodes or the two pieces that really struck me um, were the, you know, and this is of course not spoiler free because you need to watch this show. No. Um, the reveal of the bent neck lady. Oh, that uh, was fantastic. That was the most tragic thing I had seen in a while. And it really broke my heart. The act- actress was great too. And just seeing her drop through all of these uh, settings, absolutely beautiful and frightening. Um, and then the whole funeral, or not fun- the funeral home episode, mm-hmm. the entire and just putting into play you know, not only all of these jump scares and the horror and the ghosts that are happening, but how how many layers this family still needs to get through just on an emotional level and just with trauma, the things that, you know, bug them about each other. Like, is one of them too bossy or always wanting to take control? And um, the father, you know, is absent. And it uh, it just plays really well on having this emotional, stormy, frightening um dark setting but you just have family drama within it it was great great episode. oh yeah no the the bent neck lady uh I, I i this i didn't see it so much as tragic i love the brilliance of the storytelling of of that character discovering that mm-hmm. she's been haunting herself through some throughout her entire mm-hmm. life in the tiny wimeyest way imaginable and i'm like oh that's fucking awesome it's great storytelling and with the the funeral home episode you know you take a couple minutes in and then it's similar to the to the first time i watched one cut of the dead i'm like these are really long 
shots mm-hmm. which means they either got you know had to do takes where like okay they got it all in one and i'm sure there was some digital trickery here and sure. there yeah as opposed to the regular camera angle edits that we're used to seeing uh but i'm like ah, i i like that a lot and like even little things that again in catching uh the hidden ghosts of just booping the netflix back 10 seconds to go that statue wasn't facing that way mm-hmm. uh, when he went into that room and then he comes back out and now the statues looking at him I'm like i like that I, I, that 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 really appeals to me and i'm hoping that the haunting of blind manor delivers more of the same when I get to that. Almost where, where I'm at that weird thing where it's like, I don't want to dive right into it as the next show I watch. I want to save that. because so I know, you know, you may have ideas for another movie or another series, but it's like, no, I, I don't want to blaze through it. And it's like, well, now what? No one's producing I, yeah. anything in the time of Rona unless they go to Australia. And then- I will say- I will say, um, I think you're, I think you're right to, uh, wait, um, to watch it. Don't watch it right after Hill House because I, I have not watched Bly Manor yet. It is on my, it is on my list, but, um, many of my friends have, and you are not from what I've heard. So, you know, no one, if anyone disagrees, sure. Um, it's not nearly as scary it's much more of a of a ghost story a love story almost like and this is my own comparison and i'm not saying that this is what bly manor is like but remember how everyone expected crimson peak to be like this horror movie and then it ended up being a love story with ghosts in it Mm -hmm. that's what i've heard about bly manor so i i love love stories with ghosts in it if uh, Carla Gugigidi is in this show as well, then I'd appreciate that. I think she might be. I know quite a few of them are in it, but I'm I'm excited to watch it. I've heard amazing things. Um, it's always funny when there's certain uh, there's certain shows that my best friend can watch that she really doesn't like um, horror uh, at all, but she loved Haunting of Blind Manor. She she really liked Lovecraft Country. And she liked uh, the apocalypse season of American Horror Story. So there's certain things where I think um, horror is not the absolute main focus. And it's more about the story, which I mean, you can argue Hill House is too, but Hill House has a lot of jump scares regardless. Uh, She's able to enjoy those. So I do love that there are shows like that uh, made where they still have the horror element, but it's not, it's not like the sister jumping out at you in the car, which that scene scared the shit out of me in Hill House when they're just arguing and the sister just comes out and screams. I was taken aback. As you should. <laughs> That's but yeah, I, I love horror TV shows. I, um, I, whenever something is called a horror TV show, I will check it out. Um, I feel like shows that paved the way for it were a lot of monster of the week shows, you know, like the X-Files and Buffy and a lot of those that did have horror elements or supernatural elements, but they were still dramas. 
I knew Buffy was going to be. You one knew of your Buffy top was going to come up. Of course um, it was. Buffy is one of my, but it's funny because when I think about horror TV shows that I really love, I actually don't often put Buffy in that category. I don't know why. I just because one, um, if you don't mind me diving in on one that I, I don't do think you have seen. I've um, watched one episode of Buffy, and it's the one where everyone is quiet. And oh, that's those... terrifying. That's a terrifying yeah. episode. It's a great episode. It was uh, nominated and, and what for are the, What are those characters with, like, the green heads that that smile? Oh, they were, they're white. They're not green, but their okay. names, they're called the gentlemen. Okay, yeah. That, I See, they're similar-looking characters, but their heads were green, were in a mm. uh, J. Michael Straczynski comic called Midnight mm. Nation. And I don't know which came first, the Buffy episode or the comic book, oh, but, interesting. but they, they look pretty much the same, except for the color of their heads. I think when the gentlemen's heads explode, they're green, but I can't remember. I just know that they explode and it's gross, but, um, somebody ripped off somebody, somebody, well, you know, I don't know who, so I'm not going to point fingers, <laughs> but yeah, talk about anything you want. Of course. So, when we first, there were two shows that I thought of immediately when, when you first suggested this topic. And there's one show that is near and dear to my heart. And I rewatched it again when I first moved to New York. And I was like, ah, oh, I still love this. So maybe I need to watch it again to see if it holds up. Because it's only one season and it's only 13 episodes. Mm -hmm. But it was, it was on in 2009. And it was a summer show. And uh, it was called Harper's Island. Did you ever watch Harper's Island? I've not, I don't think I've ever heard of Harper's Island. It was, it was low-key. Like I said, it aired during the summer, I think like on CBS or something. Um, it, it didn't, you know, even though they aired all the episodes, I don't think it ever really found its footing of, you know, it never found its audience. But what I loved about it is it was very... Uh, slasher so what it is is it's a family and friends on an island for a wedding rick's worst nightmare um you're trapped on an island and it's for a wedding and um would i be able to do other things <laughs> to entertain myself on this Probably. island like is it yeah. is it you know key florida key or or caribbean in nature or is it one of those like european it's like the hamptons yeah okay so it's like yeah. northeast america islands where it's like this is all you've got yeah and, we and like a and like a dive bar that's like in the middle of nowhere <laughs> it's also the um, post office and it's also you can also drop off your mail there um and the dentist is there on tuesdays and um but anyway uh this show um what i loved about it is that it was a whodunit. You don't know who the killer is. And someone dies every episode. They are mm -hmm. marked off one by one. And another thing that I forgot when I looked it up is that every episode title is something that has to do, it's like the sound of what happens in the way that person's killed. Like one episode is called Crackle, um, which you can imagine someone is set on fire. I uh, would think someone chokes on the mini candy On bar. Crackle. And and you have things like um, thwack, Mr. Good Bar is my favorite. <laughs> uh, thrack, splat, sizzle, gurgle, <laughs> seep, snap. Like there's there's different you know 
it's just I I love that little element but it's a great show because yeah there's family drama because they're not happy with who the wife is marrying um and it's uh you know one family's rich one isn't and you're trying to find the killer at the end but I just loved the element of um, you knew regardless someone was going to die at the even if the episode didn't seem like it was going that way the whole premise is someone's picked off by the end of the episode so you're like canceling out suspects um, by who dies and then I thought the ending was absolutely satisfying but yeah it's um, again 2009 I think it was a little too early for its time I feel like people would have eaten that up uh now um but I think the combination of it being like on CBS or whatever channel it was Mm -hmm. on plus it was airing during the summer um you know and that's not always great for some TV shows and I don't know it didn't have any big names in it at least it it was people I knew because I watch a lot of TV and I was like oh you were on this other show but it, it wasn't anybody that stood out maybe Harry Hamlin he was in an episode. <laughs> Maybe he's. I don't want to insult the rest of the cast saying Harry Hamlin's the biggest name. This definitely sounds like uh, something that lends itself to streaming quite a bit, um, just in my opinion. Uh, but but I dig that. I'm gonna go a little bit older than mm-hmm. you. Did you ever watch Friday the Thirteenth the series? No, I didn't. Is it even streaming anywhere? I I missed the boat when it was on, of course. You were not even a fucking zygote. (laughs) So I I missed the boat completely by not Uh, existing. It's not streaming. I have the first two seasons on DVD. Oh, I I would watch it. Or just the first season. It was only three seasons. Um, Frank Mancuso riding the wave of success of the Friday 13th series. Uh, I mean, the the film series, syndicated TV being a big thing. It's like, okay, we own the rights to this title. Let's put Friday the 13th, the series. Nothing to do with Jason, nothing to do with Crystal Lake. So that pissed a lot of people off. But the idea was uh, there was an antique salesperson made a deal with the devil and he sold all these cursed objects to all of his patrons. Uh, so, you know, they get something that they want if they use this item, but they, it usually involves murder. So when the devil comes collecting uh, and takes this old man, his niece, his nephew, they inherit the place and they have an older uh, colleague who's knowledgeable about antiquities who kind of helps them to realize we've got to get all of these items back and lock them up because they're they're doing damage out in the world. So I like the idea of that story and the lead actress, Robbie, she went by one name, had such great high ginger late 80s hair and was fucking gorgeous. So there's me uh, like, you know, 12 years old going, marry me and it was on late at night on Saturdays so like you know post midnight so I'm really not supposed to be awake I'm not supposed to be watching these things so that led to a kind of 
forbidden aspect of watching this show and uh, mm. uh, you know the next show that I'll talk about when this is over but I liked that and you had uh, interesting people kind of getting their start in it fucking Sarah Pauly is in the pilot episode oh that's funny very young girl uh, you've got Jill Hennessy on an episode and, and, and it's just, it was always like, all right, what are these people got next? And of course, you know, but towards the end of the series, shit in wacky 80s way uh, flies off the rails with effects that you got, that by today's standards look fucking ridiculous. But for the late 80s, they were awesome and fun. And uh, the, the next time we get together, I'll, I'll lend you the DVD for you to put in the pile of other things I've lent you. and you can <laughs> not just Which they're things. all safely next to my PS4. I'm positive you take good care of them. Uh, I just don't uh, think it's currently streaming anywhere for you to mm. watch in full session unfortunately but you know uh, for for all our our fun folks you could check it out if you haven't and enjoy it and love it and and realize that's how young rick spent a saturday night you know (laughs) pre-driver's license and you know friends i love that (laughs) what else you got so this one may be a hot take i don't care I think it's great. Now, as an old man, is hot take, does that mean good or bad or controversial? What does it mean? It means, like, controversial. Okay, cool, cool. Um, The first two seasons are fantastic. I thought that they they closed the loop on the storyline that I cared about, and then they they rebooted it for the third season, and and I think it got canceled right after that. Like, they just, they completely... uh, you know, almost like American Horror Story. They did a new cast, new universe, whatever. So I was like, I don't need to watch that. But I thought that the Scream TV series was pretty good. I enjoyed it a lot. And I, and let me tell you why. Okay. <laughs> it had the same uh, vibes that the original Scream movie has. You have the high school girl who is sweet, um, She's, you know, that girl next door. Uh, she has the jerk boyfriend um, or ex-boyfriend. She has the best friend that gives you Tatum vibes. They, they very much did follow the formula. You had the, the guy that was obsessed with, you know, horror movies. You had your, your Randy. It's important and, to have a Randy. And who knows the rules. And um, you had the town that had some secrets, that had quite a few secrets. And uh, I, I thought it was really, really fun. It aired on MTV and uh, you, had to, you had to accept that it was an MTV show and it was gonna have the MTV elements um, that for some reason MTV has when they started scripted television. Um, one thing I also loved about it is 
since MTV does try to remind people that they did focus on music at one point is when a certain song is playing like in the background at the like at the cafe or in someone's room at the bottom left they would have the song and the artist and I found some bands that I liked that way um but anyway uh keeping the music on MTV in in some in some form or fashion and i know a lot of people like to argue they want music back on mtv but like who cares they don't care just give up the fight it's not worth it they being viacom and mtv they do not care they don't care old fogies like me who's like no it's music television television and they're and and viacom said and what about it that that viacom said i can choke on their entire dick I also would like to point out that IFC should show independent films. Yeah. Once again, voted, you know, offered to choke on their entire dick. And uh, wasn't VH1 something about music videos? Like, wasn't video the whole hits thing? Classics, yes. So the, there should be classic video hits. Uh, AMC should show American movie classics and not lake placid the walking dead sorry <laughs> anyway um that's it has become topic. the walking dead channel but yeah, yeah like classics um, like you know your godfather marathons absolutely lake placid stop no. doing that yeah <laughs> so, so anyway. unless you're referring specifically to the american classic that is betty white that film does not qualify so that's fair so anyway the show it's it's slow to start a little bit because it's it's not there's not a lot of deaths in the first few episodes, but then there's um, in the first season uh, her and this shouldn't be a spoiler to keep people from watching it. This should actually want to make people watch it. Um, there's a wonderful moment at the end of the episode within the middle of the season. You're like, all right, this ki- this killer needs to raise the stakes. Because all he's doing right now is being creepy on the phone and not really like doing anything. Um, her boyfriend, or was he her ex at the moment? Not that it matters. Uh, her significant other, in some form or fashion, has a very brutal death revol- or involving gardening tools, and he is split in half, like. Uh, what's the word yeah and they show it (laughs) and and it's it's a moment where you're like all right this show is actually not kidding around like they're not trying to take the screen premise and be teen drama uh only about it and the killer reveal at the end of the first season was pretty great and then in the second season you find out that she had um or he she or he <laughs> had for for anybody that that's planning on watching my show spoiler avoided yeah she or he had an accomplice um and i didn't think it was a stretch i i thought it was great i thought that was the only way you could really get a second season going unless you wanted to do like a copycat killer or somebody inspired by it like the screen movies it's scream um, unless it's the third one you need an accomplice exactly so i thought the ending of um the second season was fantastic especially because there's one villain that tells the character uh 
uh, I think her name is Emma Duvall. And um, he's like, or who was it? It wasn't the main villain. It was somebody else. And um, he was like, you need me. And she was like, I don't need anyone. I'm Emma Duvall. Like, she's like, I survived all of these things. I don't need anyone. And I, yeah, her name's Emma Duvall. My memory sometimes is good. Is that uh, the and equivalent of I'm Rick James, bitch? In a way, like it's it's her like screaming in the rain and like she's been through all of these traumatic things and there's just something self-aware about it where it's like, no, look at me, I'm 17 and I've survived all of this. So I thought it was a fun show. There was a death that was, that paid tribute to Carrie where a lot of blood fell on like the beautiful popular character um, and it was just, it was a really fun show. I liked how it ended. I would recommend it to anybody who just wants something fun to watch that has some gory deaths. Um, and also if you if you like indie music and alternative, um, they play a lot of it and they tell you, well, I don't know if they would tell you on streaming since it's not on MTV. I would actually watch it like the day after on the MTV app. I was watching it when it was airing. But then VH1 got it um, and they redid the whole thing. And I think Queen Latifah was in it. Mm. And it, I was like, this just, I, I don't want to get invested in this because the ratings and the show was already hanging by a thread that I didn't even think there was going to be a second season. But I like well, it. If that, you're a fan that... of the Scream franchise, I think you would like the show. That's something that you have to do with every horror franchise. If you go on long enough before you go to space, you need to add a rapper. Yeah, I, I, I think that's how that works. That's exactly that's how it works. Precedent. Uh, like you and, have to, especially because it's a TV show, you really need to get to know the characters. Mm -hmm. And I think the TV show did a really good job at that. And the mask is different. And a lot of people were upset about that. But I was happy the mask was different because it has nothing to do with Sydney. It has it nothing to do with that. Does it also take place at Woodsboro? No, it takes place okay, in a cool. different town. So it's like, you know, so you it, have it's, your it's, traditionalists that get upset. It's like a, a copycat years after the fact kind of I don't even remember if Sydney's, if Woodsboro is mentioned. It might be, and I just can't remember because okay. I watched it when it aired. Mm -hmm. But um, I remember it just not really having any ties to it at all. It was just the same, uh, the same premise of, you know, the character is much like Sydney. She gets the creepy calls. Um, and text, of course, now with it being, you know, present day, there were a lot of text and videos and stuff sent. And also, the show is very, very inclusive in um, the LGBT characters it has. And I loved that. I was, I thought it was done really well. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's a fun show. And if people say they hate it because it's not like Scream, I disregard their opinion because it's wrong and stupid. you regard them the way viacom regards me exactly that is a good way to look at it that's fair another old tv show that i love because it was on uh either just before or just after uh friday the 13th the series uh and it's in the same vein it's freddy's nightmares 
which was basically the Nightmare on Elm Street version of Tales from the Crypt, with the exception of uh, the pilot episode, which kind of gave you Freddy's origin story. Every episode was like bookended by Robert Englund in the makeup, kind of doing an introduction and a closing, and it would just be syndicated insanity they the, the, just the fact that it had the freddy's name made it enough of a hit that these uh, people could do pretty much any story that they wanted so you had people like toby hooper and McGarris directing things and you had people that went on to bigger and better things like Mariska Haggerty in an episode like fucking Brad Pitt and Laurie Petty and and it was just wild every once in a while there'd be an episode that had more Freddy in it usually like the season premiere but it got into a lot of trouble because you know young people liked Nightmare on Elm Street so certain areas of the country would air it at like four in the afternoon or five in the afternoon and parents would come home and see what the fuck their kids were watching and that of course caused a a, a pro censorship reverend named donald wildman to start boycotting campaigns forgetting that you know tvs could have their channel changed or be shut off if you didn't like what you were watching but it was things just, people spend energy on is baffling to me. Yeah, anyway. as, it, as it should be. It's fucking wacky. But it, it was another one of those almost taboo things. I shouldn't be up this late. I shouldn't be watching it. But it helped cultivate my love of horror watching these, these episodes of, of pure uh, low-budget craziness. And then years later... Uh, watching Thelma and Louise. I'm like, I know that guy. He was on Freddy's Nightmare. <laughs> and he grew up and grew up and grew up. And now he's, you know, fucking Cliff Booth and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So oh, good best. on you, Brad. You've come a long way, kid. He finally found his uh, role that would make him big. And that was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think he's going to go places. Yeah, yeah, keep an eye out. He's an up and comer. He's an up and comer. His, his name, his name is Brad Pitt. I feel like that's not an easy name to remember. So he's he has a lot of work ahead of him, but I think he'll be fine. <laughs> so so when it came to my next show that I, I was debating, because I was like, I know I want to have, you know, three shows to mention. And I was thinking of what would probably be obvious to a lot of people listening when you go and talk about horror TV shows there's American Horror Story. But the thing is, American Horror Story has had nine seasons now and it's so hit and miss. And there's been so many people that have said all of the things that can already be said about American Horror Story. I feel like that would be an episode for me talking about American Horror Story. So it's like, I'm just gonna skip that one because I don't have terribly much to say about it in such a condensed way. So. Just, just mentioning that, but the third one. You're just one, booping it. 
yeah just booping it there there may be one day where i just go on here unhinged without rick and i just talk for two hours about american horror story and then that becomes a surprise episode um Um, i'm gonna say for the record I don't want to be left out of that. I want to listen as you want to listen. I will. I will and maybe I will have my point. own questions because I only watched uh, all but one of the first season and I tapped out and even beautiful ladies like, but we only have one more to go. And I'm like, I don't care. It's like, but is anything going to get wrapped up in a, in an intelligent way? No. Her um, argument but... was we've come this far and I'm like, no, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Everything they're doing. I've already seen done better. <laughs> elsewhere and and that ginger character is very sexy but not sexy enough to make me watch one more episode so so my third show and it may have been on your list as well is the exorcist was that on your list oh it was not i didn't have a list but thank you for reminding me i love the exorcist i think you're the one who recommended it to me or was it vice versa yeah i i believe you're remembering it correctly because i didn't want to see it i'm it's one of the much like the fourth scream which i was wrong about and i was wrong about the exorcist i'm like what the fuck are you gonna do a modern version of this and then spoiler for anyone that hasn't seen it i think it's on hulu definitely check it Mm -hmm. out it's a continuation of the bladdy film and when that's revealed i'm like oh fucking great then all right now i'm all in i thought that was brilliant when that was revealed i i loved it i thought the two priests were i would follow them on any adventure that show could have gone on for 10 seasons and it's just them in a car and i would listen to their conversations Mm -hmm. i thought they were absolutely fantastic because one um, is Latin yeah. and sexy, oh, he's wonderful. and the yeah. other is ginger and gay sexy, and it's like, all right, let's let's get some sexy fucking clergy <laughs> going on here. It's gonna be great. It was very very well done. The first season I loved because it was just focusing on you know this small family. I loved the dynamic of the two sisters and the sister that was possessed. I thought the bus scene was absolutely haunting with her father. She's paying. (laughs) Yeah. And um, Gina Davis is a powerhouse. I I just... Wonderful. You got Cameron there. Let my Cameron go. Oh, yeah. Alan Rock. He was was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was absolutely frightening. Possession, when it's done well, it usually is. I, I've, the Possession movies I've seen, I, I don't think I've ever been like disappointed with how the possession was, but um, they have been disappointed with the movie entirely. But when it comes to possession in this one, as well as in the original movie, it's just so, it's what possession should be. And it's invasive and it's your body is not your body. And it will do these vile things to your body because it's their, it's their shell. It's their makeup. It's, it's their, it's the demons, um, you know, makeup, I would say. And the things that it, it'll treat you like a plaything, and all you can do is watch. And um, the pain, just the pain that that causes for me, like watching it, I'm like, this is absolutely horrible. Like the f- fact that, you know, what she was doing with the curling iron and um, just all of it, it's absolutely frightening. 
And I thought they played that so well with how invasive and violent a possession is. Now, you just mentioned that, and I haven't watched this since around the time it was that first season was airing. Uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, was it similar to a let Jesus fuck you kind of thing? Yeah. Yep. Yep. With the with the curling iron, yeah. Which yeah, because basically, woo. basically, it was everything that I wanted from The Exorcist without profanity. So there wasn't going to be you know your mother sucks cock at hell kind of thing. But you know, throw in sexy clergy and Gina Davis, and it's like, what good? but that demon did throw in some deep cuts, even if there wasn't profanity. What they mm -hmm. what that demon would say to the priests and to the family. Oh my God, when it was, so this isn't really a spoiler, it's just a plot point, but um, one of the sisters uh, was in a car accident that killed um, her, the love of her life, and um, the way the demon played on that, uh, the guilt and the shame in a way, no, I don't know if shame is the right word, but um, the basically the guilt of it uh was really was really cutthroat i i loved it and then the second season enjoyed it and mm -hmm. john cho i'll watch anything he's in i've watched more harold and kumar than i should just because of him <laughs> like, and, and you got negasonic teenage warhead and all these these foster yes. kids uh proving that you know you don't have to be blood to be family which is uh more of the family story that I like, but yeah, the possession of things, uh, the, the ginger priest is, is struggling with his faith or lack thereof, and also mm -hmm. his sexuality, and then dealing with things, and like when, when it was kind of on the fence of whether or not there would be a third season, I'm there like, come on, just come on, we don't need another Walking Dead, we need another exorcist. Exactly, I really wish we got a third season. I'm happy that we at least have two beautiful seasons that have closure i just um ugh, i really wish there was a third one but it is one of those that i did rewatch the first season i think last summer just to have i had it on while working and then i would end up just watching the show um but I haven't rewatched the second one because the ending of the second one made me cry. So Aww. that is one I would just have to emotionally prepare for. Um, but it's so good. It's so good. I don't like that condescending all that you're giving me. It's not condescending. Oh, it's, it's, it's me true. feeling for my mm -hmm. friend's feelings. I think I just think the worst in people sometimes. And I don't. And you're not wrong most of the time. <laughs> But I would think that with me. I know. Maybe it's because you don't awe me a lot. <laughs> like, I don't think I'm really because you're that a, you're a strong, independent woman. Going back to the Queen Latifah Latif reference, you and I, T, why it's a unity. Oh um, so, yeah, you don't get a lot of awe, but you get a lot of support. And just to let our, our, our listeners, our, our uh, friends of the ear, know a little bit about Chelsea and I's friendship made a recent discovery uh, and there was some condescension uh, from from Chelsea's part there but we'll get to that uh, so you've heard it on this podcast if you've been around this in life you've heard it Chelsea will call me an idiot and most of the time she's right and it's her tone so I tried sassing her back via text one time and I ended it with idiot and you said hey 
I get to call you idiot. You don't get to call me idiot. There's a line. And I said, that's a double standard. And you said, you don't make the rules. And that's the part where I took umbrage. Because you absolutely made that like, rule. No, you just did. I'm willing to play by that rule. But don't tell me you don't make the rules when you made that rule. That's quite true. That was me not knowing what to say back. And I was just like, you are an improviser. I expect better. I expect better from you. Disappointment. I love it. (laughs) But yeah, so, so Rick, do you have another TV show? I do. I've got a couple. Uh, here's one we'll go in depth, and maybe we'll touch on a couple for an. But yeah, let's just run mindset. through your. I'm I'm done. So let's just run through your couple. Groovy. Uh, another one, and it, this was going way too soon. Uh, it's Constantine. I don't know if you've ever watched that. Probably. I did not, watch some episodes. Cool, the CW cool. show, yeah. It was on NBC actually, oh, but no, that no. character then later ended up on uh, on the CW. Yeah. Uh, based on the uh, Alan Moore created comic book uh, of John Constantine, who uh, is an English sorcerer. But my favorite issues of his comics is where he's doing very little magic. He's just a chain smoking, pint drinking uh, bastard that's getting himself into trouble, getting him out by the skin of his teeth, and unfortunately leaving a lot of dead friends in his wake. Now, a lot of people know about the Keanu Reeves film adaptation that I refuse to watch because a dark-haired American John Constantine does not appeal to me in any way, shape, or form, especially by a person who I feel is one of the worst actors in Hollywood. But Matt Ryan on this TV show embodied the look and the sound of John Constantine so well that the fact that they just put him in America dealing with the monster of the week kind of villain with the underlying story that he uh, fucked up one of his uh, necromancy endeavors so badly that an innocent girl got taken off to hell and he ended up in a lunatic asylum as a result. this show i'm like i don't care that they're in america it's when you have the embodiment of that character down so well that you can change so much else of the source material and still keep your audience happy that i was there for but with it being on nbc around at 10 o'clock and on i think a friday night it wasn't that audience that wanted to watch like the medical drama or we've just watched two hours of law and order now we're going to watch some some comic book sorcery thing i'm out and it got canceled way too soon but the the matt ryan played that character so well that warner brothers did an animated constantine film and then later on put him uh first on arrow as that character and then regular on a DC Legends of Tomorrow. I heard that there's going to be an HBO Max series where they can do that character correctly. Cause it, it's, it's you, you, you read a lot. Have you ever, you know, 
read a book you love so much and then you see the film and then you see the movie and it's like oh they took that character right off the page exactly the way you wanted them to be yeah yeah definitely that's matt ryan's john Constantine. nice and especially now in the more modern age where he's very uh gender fluid it's like all right yeah it's all good oh fall in love with whoever because uh, uh the period that i love of uh the comic book when written by uh garth ennis is is the love he had for his girlfriend kit at the time a sassy irish lady who didn't put up with a lot of his shit wonder why i'd like that so much but uh yeah now in the modern day it's like he he goes wherever the the wind takes him uh looking cool as fuck uh, be it on the page or in the tv show and it's all wonderful and good i'm glad it finally found its audience it, it, it should it should i i picked up a bootleg dvd copy uh, I, I make no bones about this, NBC, come find me, um, mm -hmm. at a comic book convention several years ago, and I was very happy to have that. Nice. Yes. Some of the other favorites over the years, um, both that, that deserve some mentioning, uh, started off strong, ended not so strong, one significantly less strong than the other. So let's start with the stronger one, True Blood. Ah, I can't believe I didn't even think about True Blood. That was one of my favorite shows for so long. And I read hey, the books. I, I didn't think of The Exorcist until you said it. Yeah. yeah, True Blood is one of my, I, I've told you this before, I think, that um, I love rewatching like the first two to three seasons mm -hmm. in the summer. Like that's one of my like summer rewatches just because of the environment of it. It does make me, you know, nostalgic, I guess, for some of my Southern upbringing. Not, Not no, all of it. I was about to say, <laughs> you, you don't watch it in the summer because it's warmer and there's less clothing for you in a shapeshifter kind of way. No. It's not that, right? Okay, good, no. good. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's just, it, it gives me summer vibes. I can see that. It gives me summer energy. I, I love. Um, I don't think they ever did a Christmas episode. No, I mean, God, were they ever not in the summer? I don't even Nor know. Nor should they. Uh, that, that, yeah. That's Louisiana. But I, I loved it. The books went more off the rails than the show did, if you want to <laughs> believe it. I'll believe it. It really did. I didn't care for how the books ended. I didn't actually, I did not mind how the show ended. I'm, what I minded was how it got there, was mm. the journey to it. It just could have ended after like season five, I would say. I think it kind of suffers from something that a lot of shows, uh, I don't know if they suffer from or they benefit from. When you build a universe that big with so many characters, the main character at the beginning of the story is less interesting to me sometimes than some of the other characters. Totally. By the end of it, like Orange is the New Black definitely had that effect on me. But in, oh, the, late, yeah. in the later seasons of True Blood, I was mostly watching for whatever Lafayette's story was at that Ugh, point. And I know great. he died at the end of the first book. Yeah, he yeah. died at the end of so the first the book. I'm so glad they changed that 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 nelson his last name is escaping me right now ellis played, i believe 
yeah, played Rest that character peace. so well uh, and, and so sassy and wonderful. Like, I remember he helped some spirit move on. It's like, thank you. It's like, you got it, bitch. I know. I, I, so I love that. That because you could you could address LGBT issues through through Lafayette, black issues through Lafayette as just this strong gay character that didn't give a fuck. And even just the advice he'd give of like, you know, you got to put love in your food. You know, people can taste when you're cooking and you're, you're, you're angry or something. And I believe that's true. You know, you've been at my barbecues. I don't know how to make vegetarian stuff, but when, when, when I'm doing something like making the thing over here, like you got to put love in it. I've eaten meals cooked by angry people and they suck. Yep. Put some the love energy in your kitchen, there. motherfucker. I, yeah, I love True Blood. Um, it took elements of the books that I really liked. Like the fourth book was actually one of my favorites um, other than the first one because I do like Sookie and Eric together. Um, so I was happy with how they handled like the witches and I thought that storyline was really interesting. Um, okay. Yes, okay. But uh, I still have a Merlots t-shirt somewhere. Um, <laughs> I, that probably doesn't fit me because it's from like 10 years ago. Uh, but I, I loved True Blood. I thought I loved how they handled vampires because even though the vampires in it were, you know, sexy, the way they died was incredibly gross. Like that was just such a great contrast to as much as I love Buffy, they turn into like a, a pile of dust. Or I can't even think of any other examples or, um, but I don't know, but either way, like they just blow up and like blood and guts and it's Google muck all over the place. It's great. Uh, yeah. That, that's another benefit of the show. Google muck, uh, attractive naked people mm-hmm. and, and another honorable mention, Pam. Oh, she's such a bitch. Pam is her. fantastic. I there were so many moments I was scared she was gonna die. I was like, mm-hmm. please don't kill her off. I will say, and uh, this show has been off air for a while, so spoiler again, I don't care. I absolutely despise how uh, Tara's story ended. For her to get an off-screen death is right. the most disrespectful thing they could have done for that character. She was, she's a great actress that moment. Yeah, so mm-hmm. absolutely. And she's had a great career after True Blood, but I will, that's actually something I really won't forgive the show for, to do that to like their main black female character, to give her an off-screen death and then make her death about, you know, her mother. I just, I, that left a bad taste in my mouth. I, mm-hmm. I really didn't care for how they did that. It ended a little weak. I don't know if there was some contract negotiations that that's why it went down that way. But yeah, that, mm-hmm. that was another one that kind of brought horror to those that you know, wouldn't normally watch some horror. Totally. I mean, and, my best friend loved that show and she's not a horror person at all. Again, sexy naked people <laughs> sometimes turning into a wolf. And Southern accents on some people sound just really good. They do. Now, before we go on to the next show, when you're watching True Blood during the summer, do you put on your Malat shirt? No, because it's somewhere like in my closet and I always 
told myself for the past, I, I got into the show when I was 18. So I've told myself for the past 11 years that I will wear it for Halloween. And I just haven't. I was going to wear it with like black shorts. I mean, I can't do that here. It's so cold. But um, yeah, so I don't know where it is. I got it like at Hot Topic. Now, will you dig it out for the next viewing? I think I will, but I think I'm also going to get upset if it doesn't fit, <laughs> if it's too tight. You, I'm sure th there was the HBO store uh, near Bryant Park. And I'm oh, sure it's closed, my dude. Through the website, you could probably re-up if need be. I'm sure I could. I'm sure I could. But yeah, it's a cute shirt. I mean, it's a waitress shirt. It's a white shirt with merlots on the on the chest and on the back. Mm -hmm. And last, and I think least. Oh no! I wonder what's <laughs> Oh my God! What is it? Dexter. You know, I've been wanting <laughs> to rewatch Dexter, and then I get upset because then I think about what happened to. This is something again that I will never forgive the showrunner for mm -hmm. or show writers. Uh, Deb's end. Like, yeah. well, fuck that. I've thought about rewatching it too, but stopping at season four because that's when the original showrunner left. And then I do, afterwards. I do have an unpopular opinion that, oh, I'll, that I want to share before you dive into uh, your stuff. I do think season one through four are the best. I think the season with Jimmy Smith, which is season three, I believe, is so good. He's so great. That line when he's like, you fuck me, I fuck you back. <laughs> like That's just such a great line. Spoken by every Cuban at one point at <laughs> minimum in Miami. Go so on. <laughs> good. But, and I love season four, the Trinity Killer, fantastic um, story and Rita's ending, of course. Uh, that was spoiled for me before I started the show because I started it quite late. Unpopular opinion, I really like season five. I think it deals with trauma really well. I think Julia Stiles' character was a good, I don't want to call, call her a rebound, but he was a good she was a good way for him to accept that he needs to deal with Rita's death and that yes he if he didn't go after the trinity killer or get sloppy um then Rita would be alive but sooner or later Rita, Rita's demise would happen just because of the road that he's chosen to be on but I thought it was really great I also and biased because I do love Julia Stiles and Johnny Lee Miller. And I thought they were both really good on the show. So I know a lot of people say I stopped watching after season four, but for me, I actually uh, stopped after season five. Okay. Um, I think I, I, it ends I, I, so well. I think it ends with Astor's, no, that's a different season. I forget how, I forget how it ends, but I know he, he has some closure with Astor and Cody and, um, he has some closure with Rita's death. And I don't know, I liked it. I thought, again, I thought it dealt with trauma really well with Julia Stiles' character and with uh, Dexter's character. Um, I think it's good. I think it went downhill after season five. That is my opinion. I, I, I don't remember. I think the switch of the showrunner was so noticeable that that's- It's noticeable for sure. That starts uh, an an uninterrupted downward trajectory where like it's still kind you're still on that 
season four level, but you're 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 going down. You're going way way down. So that's why I would say stop at the end of season four because that's that's the peak for me. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the Michael C. Hall's great. Uh, the, uh, Deb, whose name is escaping me at this moment. Je uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Carpenter. Carpenter. Fantastic. I love her. Uh, you've got uh, Luna Lauren Velez as the lieutenant was wonderful. But I have a, a funny story. Uh, because, uh, again, towards in those later seasons, it was Angel. Who, who I thought brought the fun he was, he to the was show great. and kept me watching uh, by David Zayas and uh, wonderful actor. And I've, I've seen him a couple of times just wandering around New York. And it was the last time that, and this has nothing to do with the show. This is just a personal story about the weird things that go on in my head. The last time I saw him was on a subway train. I was seated. He was standing. I'm like, oh, that's David. Not for your seat. No, he from 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 Dexter, but also Oz. So there he is, right in front of me. My oh, head God. watch level, and I'm like, I have seen your dick. <laughs> oh my God! It's like Wonder Woman at the end of '84. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Remember, she uh, she runs into um, that guy who was uh, who Steve was in his body, uh -huh. and she had sex with him. Oh, she okay. had sex with that body. So when looking at him, it's like I've seen you naked, dude. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Wonder me and Wonder Woman, we're we're fucking hang guy like in Deadwood. exactly. You guys have so much in common. Let's end on a lighter <laughs> note, though. Let's not end on on. Dexter, even though they're trying to uh, revisit that and give it a satisfying ending. And you know what? I'm, I'm not mad I'm, about it. I don't think I'm going to go for that. I I might watch it. I'm not I'm not mad about it. I I'm still I'm very weary because obviously Deb's not going to be there, mm -hmm. and Deb was my all time favorite character. I could um, see that there's some similarities there. Yeah, but thank you. But I'm curious to see if he doesn't get Harrison back or become part of Harrison's life again, then I just really don't care. Because okay. if, if it's about him, like solving another, you know, murder or something, then I don't care. All right. You watch it and you let me know if I should watch it. All right. Or I'll, <laughs> at the very least, I'll read the synopsis. Okay. Let, let's end on a better note. Uh, even though it's not primarily a horror show, there are some scary fucking moments in Doctor Who. Specifically. Oh my God. What? I don't watch Doctor Who. Okay, then you should. Are you I talking about the stupid angels episode? <laughs> don't Blink is the scariest episode <laughs> of TV I've ever seen. I'm, I'm joking. I'm not insulting Doctor Who or Doctor Who fans. I love David Tennant. I love Matt Smith. I'm just not interested, okay? Right. Have you ever watched that episode? Uh, I watched it. A friend had it on and I was half watching it. So there, was, there were moments I was like, what the hell is this? I th I think <laughs> it was pretty frightening. <laughs> I, th I think you should watch that episode because uh, what Stephen Moffat did with with the monsters that he introduced 
is that the defense doesn't work. So these these creatures are stone, except when you're looking at them, and then right. they're the fastest things. I don't ever. like that. That's very. So if you blink, they're in your face. And there was another character or another bunch group of aliens called the Silence, meaning they're here, they're trying to destroy everything. But you forget that they exist except when you're looking directly at them. So you know about their plan, you know what they're going to do if you turn around and you're like, wait, what was I doing? What's going on? I was supposed to be doing something, what happened? So those characters were very, like, mm. tickle my, my horror fancy on top of the normal fun sci-fi things of you know david Tennant or matt smith uh, who was the doctor in the don't blink episode that was Tennant. uh that was uh, i did like good omens i love david Tennant. if you were feeling up to it and since you have my hbo max logged in because corporate i don't care uh i share with my friends if you felt, if you had about an hour to kill and wanted to watch, watch that episode, Blink, which is somewhere in season three of the doctor, because, and a lot of people will argue with me that the David Tennant stuff, I don't like most of it, but there are three episodes that are very important before I went all in with the Matt Smith. And since Matt Smith, uh, I've had to amend myself. You're not supposed to get attached to a doctor because you know they're going to get replaced. And that's Did you get I, attached to Matt Smith? That's why I haven't gotten attached to any doctor since because when Matt Smith Aww. left, I'm like, I broke the rules and he broke my heart. I do like the episode, the, the actress that plays Rose. Oh, she was in Penny Dreadful, which we also didn't mention. <laughs> uh, what's her name? I don't remember her name, but the actress that plays Rose. Billy Piper, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I like her in Penny Dreadful. We, we've had you talk about Penny Dreadful. We and, have. And vitriol there. And, and uh, if you didn't watch the, the reboot City of Angels, don't. It's not worth it. And it got canceled. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I may re-watch that episode sometime in the future. Because again, when I was watching it, it was on in the background. I would just see and I'm like, that looks terrifying. Um, it's a little like The Haunting of Bly manner in a way with like you're looking in the background and the tiny whininess of of the bent neck lady haunting her younger self throughout the ages it's a tiny whiny kind of thing that by the end of the episode it's like oh here's all the information you need to deal with this problem that you haven't dealt with yet because life's happening in the wrong order to you sometimes is Doctor Who very monster of the week or creature of the week or problem of the week? Not always. I think the first season of the Jodie Whittaker episodes were more monster of the week, but definitely the Stephen Moffat period, which uh, was the, the Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi era mm -hmm. had it, there were monsters and problems of the week, but there was always the underlying story of oh, the okay. season and beyond, which I really liked in that Matt Smith era. Because the 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 he's gone, Rick. You have to accept it. He's in my heart. 
No, but the chemistry with him and Karen Gillan and Karen Gillen. And, and wonderful fucking River, Dr. River song. I would. I would. I'm just, just letting just no putting one it asked, out there. But all right. I, I would. Because <laughs> even when the doctor like figures out her secret, it's like, so you, but we, and she goes, goes, yes. And it's like, oh, hello. Okay. <laughs> well, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and weird. That was the weirdest segue. <laughs> Come no, on. that was, I did not expect Doctor Who to be mentioned, but then when you mentioned the Don't Blink episode, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. Give it another shot. It may happen. Right. But as we land this point, where where can people find it, Chelsea, if they want? If, if they want to find me, they can find me on Instagram or Twitter. Just type in Chelsea Bennington and I am right there. Mm-hmm. And you can find Spooky Doings on Instagram. Uh, check out Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. Uh, we're not doing improv outside of this podcast right now, but one day we're going to do a show after we get uh, the pointiest poke of the Jolene vaccine, because I want the Dolly Parton one. I don't know about Chelsea. I do. That's I mean, the only I'll vaccine I want. I'll take whatever they give me, but if you're giving me an option. But if I, if I can, it's like the toothpaste you choose at the dentist like do you want mint or fruit or whatever it's like do you want the dolly parton vaccine yes i do and is dolly here because she could administer it <laughs> that would be great that would be great but yeah check that out if we if you disagreed with us like uh, uh like chelsea said some some uh, opinions may vary on scream or if you disagree with us reach out on social media and let us know what you agree with what shows we should have mentioned or should check out that, you know, like Harper's Island that I didn't know existed. Uh, sound off on that. We'd be happy to hear from you. I love that you specifically mentioned mine. You were like, if you disagree with Scream, for example. Well, because you said a lot of people disliked it. <laughs> I know. You were flying your Scream flag high. I'm just joshing you, man. <laughs> <laughs> And I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime and in between time, everybody stay good, stay healthy, stay spooky. And we'll see you next time. Bye.